What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, <laughs> been been a weird, weirdly fun Monday night game of football, and uh, I, I mean, a lot better than I think a lot of people expected. So I, I'm enjoying that. Glad we get to do this again. Uh, ready for this episode. This episode of the Cut Podcast Network is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I've been there. Whether it's frustrations with your job, your social situation, or something else, life can be challenging. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 15,000 plus counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash The Cut Podcast. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for The Cut Podcast Network listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash The Cut Podcast. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of The Cut Podcast Network. Not as extensive of a wave wireless, thankfully. That was... a uh... Week one was yeah. very uh, time-consuming. It sure was, and we'll have some some repeat guys from last week um, because they're still kind of low-rostered guys. Um, but in this episode, we will be walking through some of the week two games, some of the fallouts, some of the highlights, some of the lowlights, walking through waivers as well, and then talking through some of the dynasty stock reports for a few guys we just – picked a handful i kind of picked guys that i think are a little polarizing so we can give you guys some advice on what to do in your dynasty leagues um but first make sure you guys uh if you aren't already make sure you subscribe to the podcast lots of good content coming out every week uh four shows just a lot of good stuff so and then check out the website thecutffb.com but we have a lot to get to we'll we'll deal with the plugs later First thing, highlights of the week. Uh, the first thing that I wrote on here was the Chiefs versus the Ravens. I thought that was by far the best football game of the week, and that's saying something uh, because yeah. there were there was a lot of good football this weekend. First of all, did you think the Ravens had a chance? Like I, in the fourth yeah. quarter, I was I was pretty much, or in the third quarter, I was saying, oh, I think the Chiefs just won this. Uh, but Lamar went apeshit. So yeah, I mean, I I think especially going in, you have to think the Ravens have a chance. They played very, very well. Uh, bigger shout out than most would be to Hollywood Brown, who has back-to-back really good weeks. I think he's truly going to step into the role of not having to get full attention in a basic offense where he's moving around all this much. He's he's looking like he's thriving in it. If you add in Bateman, I think it just opens him up even more, especially for the deep shot if Lamar can get it there. Um, whereas best passes seem to be jump passes, which makes no sense. Uh, but I mean, what an incredible game, really. Uh, and I, I would agree it was probably the game like of the week, uh, with probably the Vikings Cardinals second. 
I mean, obviously, I like the Raiders Steelers game for obvious reasons, but either way, <laughs> like think... that was also a really good game. Raiders are playing incredible, much better than I expected early on. But yeah, much better than everyone did. They were the yeah. the fourth highest uh, or fourth fourth lowest odds to win the AFC West, and uh, they're leading right now. Uh, yeah, after well, that Chiefs loss. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, tied with the Broncos. I actually think the Broncos <laughs> would be ahead, right? Technically, uh, no. No, oh, because the Raiders. Yeah, they beat the Ravens and the Steelers, who have bigger wins. That's fair. Um, yeah, and so that kind of leads into our next point. Um, the the game we didn't even mention, the Titans versus the Seahawks. That yeah. was a great game as well. <laughs> it was. Like that that whole a... four o'clock slate was absurd. Yeah, <laughs> uh, even even the Bucks Falcons game was good for a, a while there. Uh, Bucks kind of opened it up very late. But we didn't mention either Cowboys Chargers, another great game, not as high scoring as a lot of us probably hoped, I would yeah. say, but still a great game. If you take all the penalty yards yeah, and I know, uh, right? just throw them out, that game is what probably a thirty-one to twenty-eight game. At yeah, least. it's probably it's probably the almost identical score to the Vikings Cardinals game. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Uh, I was about to brag about my uh, my starts last week because I had Jared Cook as my tight end. And then they called back the touchdown after what was yeah. just a great fight for the end zone. I was really excited because then all four of my starts would have hit for the first time like ever. Uh, <laughs> I get like two to three. Uh, but of course, yeah. uh, alas, here we are. Um, Honestly, off the top of my head, I already remember who I said to start. So <laughs> yeah, that, I'll revisit that next episode. Either way, uh, <laughs> a lot of really great games. Um, it, it, we You put in here parody in the league, and I think that's probably the most exciting I mean, look right now, obviously, I think the Lions are losing this game, but they've looked good, and they looked good last week after the first half. Yeah. Uh, we already brought up the Raiders being 2-0 and when most people, I think myself included, probably predicted at best 1-1, and most likely 0-2, going yeah. up against Ravens and Steelers, uh, Browns, and Chiefs both 1-1, and the whole FC North 1-1. It's, it's fun. It's Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And then even the Texans, who many had pegged as like, the worst team by a lot. Uh, with Tyrod Taylor, they're actually a decent football team. Uh, Dave Culley has them playing, man. Like they were yeah. flying around the football field. It was it was impressive. As a Browns I, fan, I was nervous. They they're playing with pride, and I think that's what we. I, I think that's what we're seeing with the Lions as well. Just both two teams written off, deservedly so, probably. But either way, they're playing with just absolute pride and hunger. So great for them. I mean. Yeah. I want to see also, everyone succeed, especially from a fantasy standpoint. So <laughs> I don't care what team you're on. It's also worth noting, guys, that these are professional football teams. Like I know the Jaguars last year really weren't uh, in the fact that they sat their starting quarterback so they could get more losses. Like we're not seeing that this year. And, and I don't think we will see that except, you know, the Texans obviously with Deshaun Watson, but that doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, Who were hoping that a couple of these quarterback entries were more serious. I think this weekend, uh, because yeah. they they're trying to get a lot out of Watson, so I, I, it's just one of those. Uh, I love I, this is why I, I love the NFL more than anything. Obviously, I'm a bigger football fan than every other sport, obviously. But either way, there's usually more parity. Obviously, Patriots dominant for a long time. There's dominant teams also as well through the years. Uh, but Patriots also lost in Super Bowls just because they were there every year. Uh, just like LeBron, they get there every year, then lose a couple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, but uh, overall, I the it was a fun weekend of football, but a very scary weekend of football. A lot of 
injuries. I got very tired of sleeper updating me every time someone limped uh, because <laughs> it was every five minutes it felt like. And they did it again tonight with Aaron Jones right before he went back in and scored another touchdown. <laughs> yeah. it's I love that they constantly update us, but God, why yeah. does that have to be the bad stuff so much? Shout out Sleeper. Uh, still the best fi- best fantasy app. You've got to move your league to Sleeper if you haven't already. Uh, we we fully condone those actions. All right. Next on the list, uh, just a couple of like player highlights that were su- not surprising, but like just good to see. I think we have some clarity on what their roles are going to be. Tony Pollard. Um, I tweeted out, I was kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys RB2 was drafted in the first round. Tony Pollard is more explosive. He looks like the better running back. Now, of course, it's because probably he's just in there in certain down. I mean, he they they ran a lot of two running back personnel yes. and used Pollard in different ways. And, and they had CeeDee Lamb in the backfield at one point. So this Dallas Cowboys offense is lethal. Like, I don't – I can't believe they only scored 17 points uh, with how they were able to move the ball. The Chargers defense is still very good. But Tony Pollard, do you think this is like a – you flex him every week and just hope for this, or is it kind of no. like a week-to-week thing? No, I think it's like a, a high-scoring upside game kind of thing. Just like we're – okay, well, you might be able to play Jared Cook this week, and, you you know – uh, maybe Dalton Schultz this week has a touchdown. It's one of those things. He's still being vastly uh, outpaced by Zeke actually being on the field. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have a lot of plays this week, so it looks a little bit less uh, egregious. But it was still Zeke doubled him in plays and snaps. And yeah. uh, I mean, Zeke's per, uh Percentage went down for sure this week and Pollard went up. But like you said, we saw more two back sets this week. I think they're just keeping both fresh and effective, which is smart. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that when you have two backs that are capable, you're foolish not to do it. Everyone wants to knock on the Lions for doing that with DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams is a very capable running back, and there's no reason to have a workhorse in the NFL when there's an extra game uh, this year if you don't have to. And I think we're going to see this a lot. I, I think it's understated, uh, not by us, especially in the offseason, as we talked about it a lot, but the Packers had a legitimate decision to make between paying more to keep Aaron Jones or paying less and keeping Jamal Williams and having similar production because that's what they had last year and the year before right. and the year before. So <laughs> uh, it's I think he's a very understated talent. He's perfect for the situation where he kind of does everything. He lets Swift just be his complete weapon self. Uh it's Tony Pollard should be that exact thing. Obviously, goal line still leans towards Zeke. Pollard's not getting all that much touches, but he's being very efficient. That's what he's always been. He's literally he's this team's Gus Edwards. You know how we're always like, well, you can't play Gus Edwards really, but if he touches the ball ten times, he probably has a good amount of yards and maybe a touchdown. It, you know, it's, it's so weird to think of it like that, but it's true. Yeah, I'm. I I think we need to see one more week of it, but I. Th- think i would lean more that we can flex him uh a lot this year a little more than just like matchup dependent but again this small small sample sizes we're only in week two guys i know i said to drop lavisca chanel uh and redraft but like different situation maybe don't start tony pollard next week i actually don't even know their matchup off the top of my head but maybe they well i believe they play the eagles so um Mm. 
I don't really know what to do there because I like the Eagles run defense as much as I've kind of brought it up of late because of how good they perform. They're still not as good as they were last year as a defense, in my opinion, but they're still good enough to slow the running game or at least make you realize it's better to pass. Yeah, (laughs) especially with with Dak and that set of weapons. The thing with the Cowboys, they're going to deploy a different scheme every single week. Uh, and I, it's going to be glorious. I would expect a similar scheme to bit, a, maybe a little bit dumbed down version from week one to yeah. where I think they'll be able to run the ball, but definitely not as efficient as they did this week and definitely not as bad as they did in week one. Uh, but in that game, Power didn't see the field a lot. It just seemed like he had good place because – Every time Zeke was on the field, he was either running the ball or getting checked into pass blocking, which he's very, very good at. So yeah. I would like to see it, as you said. Speaking of which, PFF graded him as like the third worst pass blocker in that game. That's wrong. They did wrong. He's games. He's been a great pass blocker since college. There's, yeah, it, that's And I say that because I don't <laughs> I have never watched his high school tape because I try to have a life. Christian. <laughs> yeah, not- I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, all right. Last last highlight of the week was Daryl Henderson's workload. Um, I know I've been on the Sonny Michelle train and, and that he's going to take over some of this this work. And I still think that down the stretch, I don't think they're going to hand the ball off to Daryl Henderson, you know, 300 times this year. Uh, and, and I think Sonny Michelle will get incorporated a little bit more. But Daryl Henderson was productive for fantasy and PPR leagues. He had 17 points. He's looking to be an RB1 at this point, which is kind of what everyone thought Cam Akers was going to be. The problem is uh, I think the difference between Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle is a little vast. Cam Akers was more talented. And then I think the difference, I think Daryl Henderson is probably better than Sonny Michelle within this scheme. So I don't know that we were ever going to see this out of Cam Akers, but it's it's refreshing that you have a weekly start with Daryl Henderson, right? Yeah, as long as he's healthy. Um, I know yeah. we're waiting to hear back from him, uh, fully at least. Great uh, cartilage. Yes, but that's yeah. like six people this week. So <laughs> something went wrong. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I will say for Sony, I believe he had 10 carries. Uh, that's a good sign. I think that's what you should look for from Sony moving forward, as long as Henderson's healthy, um, yeah. especially for the first half of the year. There's a chance that Sony becomes the hot hand in that scenario and or Henderson gets banged up and Sony plays well and they just let him keep rolling out as they baby Henderson because they probably should because they are a playoff caliber team. So uh, he's kind of like a stash guy. I, I don't mind if you – I don't think he's on our show here today, but I don't mind if you pick him up. Um, I just – I think if you pick him up, I wouldn't expect him to be like the start of this week as of right now. I, I would – you have to pick them up now, obviously, but you know. Yeah, I, I think there will be some bids on him, at least with the report of the injury. And I do want to put a little disclaimer out here, guys. I didn't even rate injuries on here because there were so many this weekend. And so there's yeah. a lot of, you know, reports that we haven't gotten yet. For example, Andy Dalton is reportedly the starter if he's healthy, but we don't know if he's healthy just yet. Um, it seems as though. They're taking a cautious approach with that, but also don't want Justin Fields to start his first NFL game against the Browns, which is probably smart. Uh, Although he could probably have a field day against them right now. Uh, And so, yeah. Uh, And then tons of other injuries. So we're we're not even going to touch on those. Maybe we'll circle back when we have a little more clarity on Thursday before we do our starts and sits. Yeah, I don't. uh, I think like the big ones would be like Sony, um, Alexander Madison, 
uh, both have running backs that are a little banged up, but we have nowhere near confirmation aren't playing. And knowing, I mean, at least knowing Dalvin Cook, he's going to try and play. Yeah. Um, well, he's hurt like three angle. times in that yeah. game too. So exactly, and then and uh, coming back. I mean, I don't think there's any like uh, Coop, Amari Cooper. Like you're not picking up. I wouldn't personally pick up Cedric Wilson right now, expecting Cooper not to play because uh, Cooper tends to just play through anything. He might not get targeted, but he plays through anything. Yeah. He he also won't be a hot commodity, so you'll be able to pick him up later in the week, yeah. probably. Just stay active there. All right. Uh quickly, a couple of low lights of the week. We already talked about Zeke. I don't want to harp on that too much. Um, because I think better days are ahead for Zeke. He he had a couple tough matchups. The Chargers and they weren't great against the run, and Zeke had a fantastic day uh running the football. It's just the points weren't there. He's still the goal I'm yeah. back, but we'll see what that looks like moving forward. Worse is Alvin Kamara. He has two less receptions than Derrick Henry on the year, and that is probably a problem. Uh, we have a two-week sample with Jameis where Kamara is just not getting targeted. Jameis looked like Tampa Bay Jameis this week. It was not good. He was just hucking the ball. Uh, it, do you think this lasts? Do you think Kamara gets the ball? Yeah, obviously. I think Kamara. I, I attribute this the same way I attribute the Austin Eckler off of week one. It's just – we we know what they are. The coaching staffs aren't dumb. They're going to, especially this one. Yeah, <laughs> they understand that Kamara's the weapon. It just wasn't there. Um, and the first week he didn't get targeted because they were up early so often. Why he and he was getting it done on the ground as well. Why? <laughs> yeah, just continually feed him targets when you don't need to. And this week they their offense just couldn't get going. It's just very clear. Like you said, Jameis was a bit off on the day. He still has no one to throw to besides, in my opinion, Kamara and Troutman. So it's just it's just kind of hard. Uh, yeah. it, it's tough. I will say, too, uh, you know, I, we should have put Sam Darnold on the highlights uh, because we're both Darnold guys, and the dude is performing uh, within this Panther scheme. It's, it's crazy. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. I'm I'm so happy for that dude. Like, it's almost like if you give him a line and maybe t- like give him like two linemen and then just some weapons and sometime something. he could be at least middle of the road successful, which is, I mean, Winning not games. everyone's going to have Patrick Mahomes or Rogers or Brady or uh, I, even not everyone's going to even have Baker. You know, like you, uh, we we've seen a lot of people. Bridgewater, Goff now, who, I mean, obviously he's losing now, but still. And then Darnold also just absolutely have great games. Winston having a good week one, just in a new setting. Like, it can be done. You just have to give them time. He also is a very young prospect coming in. I I just, you know, I don't, I believe he couldn't even drink when he got drafted. Uh, Well, I'd say he didn't, but either way, you know, like, he, he he's very young. Like he doesn't drink that much. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a mixture of either he drinks a lot or he doesn't drink at all. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's... Uh, the, the impressive part about Sam Darnold, he was able to read zone, uh, which I think was a problem for him when he was with yep. the Jets and probably because of bad coaching. So uh, it's refreshing. Joe Brady is a wizard. Can't wait to see him coaching Justin Fields in Chicago next year is what I hope. Uh, all right, or and then the last Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, or you know, there's yeah. plenty of places. 
Yeah, but I'd rather see him with a good quarterback, not Joe Burrow. Uh, we're just going to leave that in the episode. We're not going to cut that out for the audio either. It's a uh, live episode. <laughs> yes, I know. Everyone's watching. Uh, all right. The last low light, the Vikings target share. Very strange right now. We're about to talk about one of the guys that is getting a lot of targets. Um, it's not like a problem just yet, uh, but if the Vikings have a game script where they're not throwing a ton, I am curious to see what it looks like because uh, KJ Osborne getting a lot of targets. He has as many targets as I believe the aforementioned uh, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I, he might have one less, but it, it's pretty high target share for a team that shouldn't have to throw this much. It seems as though KJ has gotten the Irv Smith workload, but it's kind of hit Justin Jefferson a bit. Justin Jefferson is currently the wide receiver three for his own team, which is not something I thought was going to happen ever, even with Irv on the field. Well, in, in targets, you think? No, 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 in just production. Okay, yeah, because he's. I'm pretty positive he's leading the team in targets. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Osborne. He, I mean, he's the third target getter on the on the team. I mean, yeah. but still he's still clearly behind the other team. But he also gets the worst coverage and yeah, a lot he's of wide I mean, open a lot. Yeah, he's wide. I mean, he had literally on our start shit show. Um, there was a question of him or someone else with, oh, DJ Chark. And it's like, well, unless Osborne gets a deep touchdown, you're probably not going to be happy with this game, really. Well, he did. So it's it's yeah. just one of those, like, yeah. he, he got the deep touchdowns that works out, but he really only had six targets this week. So it's not really anything to sneeze at. I mean, it's a, it's a good number, but it's a good number for a number three receiver. But yeah. I mean, I mean it's better Conklin than... had four. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... <laughs> yeah. Conklin's no, had four both weeks. Yeah. It's still something, I think, to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah. I'm excited, too. I'm excited to keep an eye on that. All right, let's get into our waiver wire wish list uh, because I know that's what the people are here for. Remember, guys, these... Uh, of course, not all of these guys are going to be on your waivers. We're just going to give you guys some options. Um, yeah. Some of these guys are about 50% rostered. So it's, you know, literally flip a coin and see if they're available. Uh, it's, and go well, I was going to say, it's also not like a necessary, I wouldn't say it's a league winner week kind of situation or anything like that. Um, so it's just going over the guys. I also don't believe this is in like order of who we would go for necessarily. It's just a list of names. No. I just wanted to point it out because it is, does say wish list. So yeah. <laughs> just like, no. Yeah. And we'll probably order them at the end, but first we're going to start with the, uh, I mean, like I said, we recycled some of the graphics and KJ Osborne. We just talked about him. Let's just stop talking about the Vikings altogether and get him over with KJ Osborne. We just talked through it. Six targets on the week. He's only 9% rostered. We talked about him last week when he was 0% rostered target shares there though. Uh, the target share is there. And so this is the guy that I would add for the high upside that like, if, Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you watching. Um, if Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen go down, it, KJ Osborne immediately steps into a higher target share, and he's probably a, a weekly flex for you. Am I wrong in saying that, Randy? No, injury makes him a weekly flex for sure, um, just because this offense literally would have no one else to throw to. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, they have a limited amount of people to throw to as it is, and then you add in this. So, I have a question for you, Randy. Okay. 
Would you rather roster KJ Osborne or LaVisca Chenault? KJ Osborne right now. Isn't that crazy? I, I don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd actually say I'd rather roster him, but if you said who would you rather play week three, it'd be KJ Osborne. Okay. That's fair. Um oh yeah, Jared Goff. That's nice. That's a nice pick there. Um God damn it. <laughs> um yeah, I mean so again, guys, I put out a tweet today. You can drop LaVisca Chenault. I understand. Redraft, redraft. Redraft, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not Dynasty. Please don't drop him. Uh, however, if KJ Osborne's sitting there, I would consider dropping LaVisca Chenault if that was my worst player on my bench for KJ Osborne simply because uh, I, I think he's going to be more productive on a better yeah. offense. And again, for redraft, it's about how the offense is looking, not necessarily an opportunity, not necessarily talent. I would definitely say KJ Hosbord is less talented than LaVisca Chenault right now. As I mean, obviously, we could see more from Osborne, just like no one thought Thielen was talented for the longest time. But uh, Chenault, as of right now, would rank higher as a talent person. <laughs> uh, but it's just this Jaguars offense is struggling. Uh, yes, they put up good numbers week one. Uh, it was also because they were down a dick ton, so they just kept throwing. <laughs> you know, and that's you can everyone can eat in that kind of system. Uh, it's just one of those things. I would rather take the shot on a guy that's actually performing. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of which, I'll just get this one out of the way because I didn't make a graphic for him, but we mentioned him last week as well. Uh, Zach Pascal, thirty-five percent rostered another good week he is gonna be a wide receiver one at the end of this week um what was his stat line do you know his stat line i don't have it pulled up and i did not write it in here um (laughs) (laughs) and so i am an asshole but here we go i'm gonna i'm gonna pull it up right now this is great great podcasting either way five so six targets uh five receptions 38 yards and he did find the end zone but the thing is is he has now found the end zone twice. I know that's not going to happen every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In two weeks is what I meant. I know. So he is assuming that Eason has some similarities, and he worked a lot with Pascal in training camp. And so he didn't get to work with Pittman as much because he was, well, I guess in training camp he was working with everyone because he was a backup and then a starter for a while. So, yeah. My my thing is, again, Pittman had a good day. He was clearly yeah. the best option. Paris Campbell yeah. did not play, who, yeah. in both of our opinion, is the second most talented guy there. Uh, yeah. Over Pascal, definitely over Hilton uh, at this point, obviously. Uh, but it begs the question, it's not a high target number. He's very productive in the target number, but... Will it last when more bodies are available? It's not like Osborne, where we know there's no more bodies available. The only question is, do the rest of the bodies stay healthy? Whereas this is, more people will show up. Yeah. Um, see, I, and I guess the the basis for why I would pick up Pascal is we've seen multiple years of the production there. Whereas, like, while we think that Paris is probably the second most talented receiver there, or you know, I I think he might be the first most talented. Um, I think he'll take a little bit more time to get up to speed. I think the the safe option is Pascal. So I think it's worth talking about if you're if you're in a deeper league, 14 teamer maybe, and Pascal sitting there, go ahead and pick him up. 
Uh, probably yeah. got picked up last week, though. So. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not in any means saying that he's not worthy of picking up at all. It's just more, I don't think I'd rank him highly on even this list, necessarily. Yeah, but that's that's fair. All right, let's get to people that actually matter, because I'll be <laughs> honest, like, uh, you know, they don't. But Rondale Moore definitely matters. Uh, Rondale Moore in week two. Eight targets, seven receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of that was built upon a 77-yard, just freaking backyard football. Chuck it up there, blown coverage, cover zero. Didn't matter. Rondell Moore caught it, and then he ran fast, and that's what that's what that little guy does. He catches the ball, and he runs fast, and he's kind of like a bowling ball. Uh, Rondell Moore, I guess my question, he is only 50% rostered right now, maybe 51% at this point. Uh, is he a weekly start for you, Randy? He's a weekly flex option. Okay. I I I wouldn't even say he's the wide receiver two on his team. Technically, um, it definitely isn't in targets. Um, I would say he's a three though. I honestly, I wanted to give uh, AJ Green the benefit of the doubt because of targets, but he's absolutely washed so uh really it's is. definitely kirk i think he's he's produced and he's been reliable and more is just he's i think he's what people wanted lavisca to be to start this year uh so if you're high on lavisca and yelling at Kirsch on twitter you should have right on your team and drop lavisca for him yeah for what it's worth randy and i didn't know this was the case until right now um among receivers Rondell Moore is leading the Arizona Cardinals in targets because of this eight target game. Of course, that was just part of the game plan. They took away Hopkins. Hopkins is for sure the wide receiver one there. There's no debate. Quote, unquote, took away Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Still gets that. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do a very good job. He he caught four balls on four targets, 54 yards and a touchdown. The thing is, uh, with the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray playing this way, I think you can reasonably start three of their receivers and feel good about it each week. The problem is I'd be more comfortable with Hopkins and Rondale knowing that the target share will be there. And then I don't want to play the coin flip game between AJ green and Christian Kirk. Yeah. And saying that Rondale's the three isn't disrespectful in any way. Just like we said for Osborne, he's going to get the worst coverage. Uh, unlike Osborne, though, like I brought up for the LaVisca comment, he is more of a gadget player as well. He can do everything. So, it. I mean, I, again, they've had two high-scoring games. So, if it seems like it could be a high-scoring game, I think you play Rondale right now. I, I think he deserves it. We both think he's incredibly talented. He went to an offense that's been dying to have four receivers <laughs> for years now. They finally do have it, and they look good. Yeah, and and it's also worth noting that based on snap percentages and just being out on the field, Rondale is technically the wide receiver four. Uh, he's still behind Kirk yeah. and AJ green in that pecking order, but they get him the ball. Uh, and that's, yeah, what you it, want. I would say by week six, AJ Green's going to start beating off the field more where Rondale and Kirk are just on at all times. Yeah. Is Rondale your first priority if he's available in your league? Uh, Yeah. That's kind I of would say, uh, because we're going to talk about uh, other guys here uh, that performed or have injuries ahead of them or whatever uh, that might limit 
upside through the season where Rondo Moore's upside, as long as he's healthy, can only go up. Yeah, yeah, I agree there. Uh, next guy on the list, though, uh, from one running back playing receiver to receiver playing running back, uh, it's James White, guys. So James White is available in 52% of leagues. The reason last year wasn't great for James White, a lot of different reasons. And, you know, I stupidly ranked James White this year. Randy did not stupidly rank him. He ranked him fairly correctly. Uh, good job, Randy. And everyone Classic. else at the cut, I was the only dumbass. Uh, however, I am immediately admitting that I was wrong because James White has his typical pass-catching role. Uh, in week two, he had... He had, sorry. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling tonight. Um, he had 20 fantasy points in PPR leagues. He had five attempts on the ground for 20 yards and a touchdown on the ground, but he had six targets, six receptions, 45 yards, which is what really matters with James White. That is two straight weeks where he has six catches and over 40 yards. His floor is 10 points. Am, am I incorrect in saying that at this point? No, you're not, because he's going to mix in running, especially when you have, like, I don't believe it said healthy scratch, but uh, it probably was Ramondre Stevenson didn't play. Um, I think they're very, very comfortable with having uh, James White be the change of pace back, receiving back, and Damien Harris being the power back with a couple catches here and there. This is how they play, <laughs> you know, like, this is exactly how they want their offense to work. It's how it's worked and won Super Bowls for a decade. It's it's going to continue. James White is incredible. <laughs> and honestly, the only reason, I mean, obviously he had a multitude of early reasons that we don't need to discuss. Uh, and then you, you get into the season, It after COVID, they become more and more run heavy. You also add in, they still had Burkhead. That takes away opportunities. You know, it's just a whole, they had four running backs they wanted to use last year. It was a lot. Now they know what they're doing, especially with Mac Jones and no running quarterback at the helm. Uh, I trade away James White in the dynasty league because I have a, a dearth of running backs <laughs> and uh, got flamed for it, uh, but for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I believe, that person's RB1 this week. So, fuck all of you guys in that league uh, <laughs> uh either way but that it's just he's very good i think he is going to be the most consistent running back option in this waiver wire uh f i would say closely followed by uh jd mckissick yeah who we will get to next yes. because <laughs> You mentioned his name, uh, so we're going to go out of order now. Uh, so J.D. McKissick, <laughs> every, everyone knows what J.D. McKissick was on Thursday if you watched the nationally televised game. Uh, week one, he had uh, one touch. He had just one target, and so everyone dropped him. And, uh, and funny enough, I got a question. Should I start J.D. McKissick or Mike Davis? I said J.D. McKissick, and I said, but oof, like, Neither is the answer. However, I'm glad I leaned McKissick, who had 22 fantasy points in PPR leagues, only four attempts for 10 yards, but he did get the goal line touch. He scored the touchdown, and he bumped up his target share. Uh, he had six targets, five receptions, 83 yards. He is every bit the third down back for the yeah. Washington football team. And so if you dropped him, I'm sorry uh, you messed up because you need to go pick him up again. 
Yes, that's what you get for listening to fantasy Twitter constantly. Because uh, roles are changed, but the personnel doesn't. And then roles don't change. Uh, crap. <laughs> because but I will say, I will say Fitzpatrick being gone, more of a downfield, throw it up kind of guy, uh, helps out the both running backs in this team. I just think McKissick's a, a flex option every week, just like James White. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, having the third down back for a team that they're they're going to be in close games. Their defense is going to keep them in close games, even uh, if Heineke isn't, you know, everything that Fitz was going to be, and he still might be. Yeah, you know, Heineke played really, really well against a pretty decent Giants defense. Uh, this team could put up some points. Uh, he did make some mistakes, but that's expected when the dude was in school about a year and a half ago. Like, he, he wasn't even playing football, so... Uh, but McKissick must add this week. I, I think I prioritize Rondale over him of the guys that we've talked about thus far. Yeah. Uh, but JD McKissick would probably, eh, I would consider James White. Uh, but I'll have to think about that and let you guys know. Yeah. Fair? It's, but again, with JD McKissick, there's a, a potential for Curtis Samuel to come back and take away a couple touches. Uh, so that's again. <laughs> You got people that aren't losing any touches for sure and only could gain them compared yep. to people that could lose touches. So that is true. All right. Next guy, uh, a guy that is not technically a running back for my fantasy league. Shout out Jeff for uh, getting the unfollow from my fantasy league because he told them about that. But Cordero Patterson, uh, Cordero Patterson, Patterson is probably the technical RB one for the Falcons. They're using him in a very strange role, um, a role that he probably should have been used in a, a long time ago. He's only 16% rostered at this time. And I wrote on here, he looks to be the best running back on the Falcons somehow. Um, you know, I truly believe that this week he, so week one, he had 11.9 fantasy points and, and some people started to, you know, say, okay, he's he's actually getting a running back workload. He had seven carries for 54 yards. He averaged over seven yards a carry, and he saw a couple targets. In week two, though, uh, seven attempts, only 11 yards, but he did find the end zone. But then six targets, five receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Uh, add on the fact that he is their kick returner, and if you get kick return yards for some reason in your league, some leagues do that, uh, he has even more value. And so my question yeah. to you, Randy, is this the running back that you would start for the Falcons with Mike Davis being fairly average? To uh, no. <laughs> uh, but again, it's it's kind of it, it's one of those where we've both been on here saying that no matter what you think about Mike Davis, the first two weeks you probably shouldn't play him because he has bad matchups. <laughs> you know, it, it should get better. He does get opportunities. Uh, Patterson just played really well in this game. They also are down a lot. Maybe they trust Patterson in more of the pass and receiver role. So when they mix it up like that, they want him out there first. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it, it's a, a fair assessment of what is happening there, but I do think that he is worth, you know, the end of your, your bench. Uh, I don't know how often you're going to play Cordero, but if there were an injury to Mike Davis, uh, I don't think that he would take the full workload, but I think that you would see him in uh, a little bit more, which would be good for his fantasy value. So, right? yeah, let's let's see how this week goes. They face, it looks like the Giants. Uh, so let's see. 
the counts between the two this week. I do think if you don't pick him up in deep leagues, I think he gets picked up. But in a lot of leagues, I think people just leave him there because it's a, he's a known name and a known name that no one cares about for the most part. So they're probably just going to go right on past him. Yeah, that is fair. Um, all right. Uh, just a couple more guys. Food for thought at this point. Uh, Freddie Swain, 0% rostered, did have a long touchdown, but saw, uh, I believe, six targets. That might be wrong. I, I'm I'm double-checking. Five targets, five receptions, 95 yards, and that long touchdown. Uh, he did get a, a carry in each of the, the games, week one and week two. So Freddie Swain, I think, is a guy to keep an eye on. I know DK was a little banged up. I know DK isn't really getting the target share that everyone thought that he would because he was never Dynasty wide receiver one, just so everyone <laughs> just want to put that out there. Right. Uh, it was AJ Brown. Yeah, he's still not either. No, <laughs> Dynasty wide receiver one is some old guy named Devontae Adams. And, uh, sorry to break it to you. He was pretty good tonight. Not great, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not great. Uh, but Freddie Swain, he gets another juicy matchup against the Vikings. And so I think it's worth it. You know, this is probably a better DFS play than it is like a redraft yeah. play. Um, but, you know, if you're just swinging for upside next week, I would consider looking at him on waivers. I doubt anyone's going to pick him up, but in some leagues, people do just sort by most points scored and pick up that guy. Uh, I don't recommend that, but you know, if you know your league mates, that's the most important part of fantasy, right? So maybe do that. It's Anything true. to add on Swain? No, no. I, I, I think he's kind of what that old uh, little quote. He is who we thought he was. You know, like, yeah. this is kind of what he's going to be. Um, yeah, he's, he's a rotational piece on a team that doesn't really use rotational pieces. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, if you know Lockett were, were to go down, I think that's another guy. Yeah, but you're I, not handcuffing your receivers. That'd be wild. Also, correct me if I'm wrong. Eskridge isn't playing right now, right? He's hurt. Yeah, he was so hurt this week. So yeah, so that could change as well. Very true. Uh, next guy, uh, you know, he didn't have a great week, but Tim Patrick, we did tell you about him last week touchdown uh, he did i mean he only had four targets though so he he's put back-to-back 11 point fantasy performances up which is you know flex worthy it's not the highest upside thing but if you need a floor guy i think tim patrick's probably your guy judy's out it looks like patrick is uh, you know ahead of hamler in the pecking order uh in terms of you know who's going to score and who's going to get a few targets i think that it's worth it to add him to your roster uh, and yeah. you don't have to spend up a high priority on them either. No, no. It's just one of those, like, me and you, like, obviously I, I expected Fant to get the target share he did. We both said, in theory, Cortland Sutton should get this enormous target share now. And he did this week. Uh, Teddy actually manned up and threw those balls. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think he gets, like, that incredible of a game every week. They probably are going to more cover him heavy, especially now. So there's going to be a couple of weeks where Patrick gets more targets. So I think he's a good stash and hope kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, the only tight end I wanted to talk about, uh, and you know I don't even know that I want to talk about him, but just an intriguing thing to keep an eye on. Maybe not this week. Maybe this is something for next week. Max Williams, 0% rostered, 7 targets, 7 receptions, 94 yards. Look fantastic looked every bit of what he looks like on randy's madden teams against me um when he's just a freaking x factor all the time uh 
it, it gave me some PTSD watching him run across yeah, I know, the right? I thought uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but Max Williams, they made a concerted effort to get him the football in this game. It's probably matchup based. It's probably not going to be a, a constant thing. But when you're looking for tight ends at this point, it, it it's bare out there. So it's someone to keep an eye on because there's a chance that he is, you know, the third target getter, I guess, fourth after Chase Edmonds. Not great. Touchdown upside, maybe. What do you think of Max outside of Madden? Randy, do you like do you like I, Max? I, I like Max. It's just it, it's a team that, in theory, would you know <laughs> use that extra weapon because they want as much people on the field as possible. But because of who else they have, I'd rather just kind of not take the shot. I you know That's I think it's more of a one or two week kind of thing. Yeah, I would definitely keep an eye on it this week though. Uh, He's got a decent matchup, so maybe not this week again, but a name to keep an eye on moving forward. And then the only quarterback I want to talk about, there's a plethora of quarterbacks that performed well, uh, but this is just for single quarterback leagues. Derek Carr, I think, is a must-start every week. Uh, The reason I'm saying that now is because of what he did to both Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Now, I know Baltimore hasn't looked great in, in the two weeks, but is that more a product of what Derek Carr did to them and what Patrick Mahomes did to them, or uh, is it their defense? I would say it's what Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes did. Then Derek Carr followed up his week one with week two against the Steelers, 28 for 37, 382 yards and two touchdowns. He looks to be a top 10 quarterback, maybe for fantasy. Randy, what are your thoughts on Derek Carr? Are you picking him up in single quarterback? Um. So that one depends because obviously if you have Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler, Dak, uh, like that that group, you're not ever picking up Derek Carr to play except maybe at a bye week. So then it becomes a question of are you you playing Baker over Carr? I think the answer is yes uh, because Carr is doing efficiency and numbers right now, whereas Baker is too, but all of his targets are banged up. So I think – Week to week, you as of right now, you might. I would lean Carr. Uh, two is Burber. banged up. Burrow looks good, but I think I'd still take Carr because I think they have the same rushing upside, and they have the same touchdown. I th- actually, I would say the Raiders have a higher touchdown upside right now. So, uh, Justin Herbert. I, Herbert. Herbert is close. I think that's a matchup dependent. Uh, the Raiders, I know, are playing the Dolphins this week. Uh, look out for the Tua news in that regard, uh, because uh, I think I, I don't really think it changes that necessarily because he is still going up against a top flight defense, really. But they also just got kind of murdered, yeah, by basic. I mean, <laughs> it's not like Josh Allen killed them necessarily, so uh, I think. The way this offense works, Carr should have a really good day this week. So I, I would be shocked if he's not at least top 14, 15 for me on the week. Yeah. My, my thing with Carr. Uh, so everyone's raving about how great Justin Herbert looks uh, and how awesome he's throwing the ball. I'm not going to take away from that. If you're rostering Justin Herbert as your QB1 in a 1QB league, you pick up Carr and you start Carr forever. 
Justin Herbert has three interceptions. Uh, he's he has to throw the ball all over the field. He's throwing over 40 times, which is great, uh, but he's making mistakes. He only has 23 fantasy points on the year, which is, I believe, less than anything that Carr has scored thus far this year. And in the two games, uh, it is. Yeah, Derek yeah it Carr is. I know. <laughs> 26 fantasy points in week one, 28 fantasy points in week two. So I, I think that's a guy like if you were hoping – Herbert would break out. It still could have happened. Maybe you put him on your bench and you roster two quarterbacks for a little bit. Uh, but that's a guy that, like, if you're saying, oh, it's Derek Carr, he's average. You're wrong. He's he's good this year uh, and every year. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I think you play him. I think he's a weekly start, man. I really do. I think he is, too. I mean, are you? would you play him or Matthew Stafford? Because I think that's more of the fair argument. Hmm. Let me look at the matchup for this week specifically. <laughs> I don't know. Tampa, the Tampa. I mean, I'd play. Oh, well, that's Derek Carr shit. Well, yeah. no, no. I think we'll it's been really throw. close. Yeah. We'll have to throw. I mean, Matt Ryan didn't have an awful day until the end, but I think we could see a Stafford, you know, three interception game too. So I don't know. I think I'd play Carr this week. We're going to see in my rankings. And I'm yeah, we'll get, this. we'll get we'll get to Thursday. It, I think I might have already uh, figured out your start of the week. Um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that's okay. You know. Yeah, that's it's nice to have it early, early in the week, but uh, especially if right. you don't make the dock. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, before we get into our dynasty stock report, just a quick word from Thrive Fantasy. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports and esports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive's game concept revolves around player props, which are simple over-unders on player stats. There are contests for traditional sports including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and Cricket, as well as esports titles including CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, and more coming soon. Here's how to play. Choose your lineup of over-unders for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Each prop has a fantasy point total based on how likely it is to hit. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in cash, so come and prop up today. Use promo code THECUT to get matching deposits up to $50 with a minimum deposit of $20. Thank you to Thrive Fantasy. All right, shout out Thrive Fantasy. I'm going to fix that someday. You know, we're going to we're gonna yeah. shorten that up. We're not going to have the little breath at the end, but today wasn't the day. So <laughs> it's pain, here we are. painful to see. It's my worst day in Thrive of the season so far uh, where, I, where I didn't win money. That's I think that states how, how great Thrive is that this is the first time. I have one money, and it's because I missed on four. Both the quarterback passing lines barely missed. What I mean, I know. Come I'm on. About it. I the other two, it. I'm not upset about really, but that one. Yeah, I missed on five, so I messed up. Gross. Uh, I think Jeff won more money, dude. Almost won thirty grand week one. But all right, guys. Dynasty stock report is what we're talking about, and the first one, first player that we're talking about is Robert Woods. So Robert Woods lower on people's dynasty rankings simply because of his age and there are a lot of ages out there uh, who play dynasty fantasy football but Robert Woods through two weeks has about 20 fantasy points total uh, 10 points week one nine points week two 
Uh, his snap percentage, only 77% of snaps in week one, which uh, is okay. The snap percentage for week two is not yet posted in sleeper. Um, however, the reason I wanted to put him on here, he went from four targets up to nine targets in week two. He just did not capitalize on that uh, as much as you would hope. Robert Woods was on the field for 98% of snaps. Okay. So yes, that, that is the good part. That's why. So everyone was panicking after week one, which is why I put him on the dock here. Uh, increase in everything uh, in week two. Clearly they're trying to get him involved. Uh, what are you doing with Robert Woods in dynasty? Is he, would you say buy, sell or hold? Hold. I think is the, the best answer. It's definitely the safest answer, but I think it's the best answer. Uh, I definitely would not sell, um, mainly because you, what value are you getting out of this right now? Unless you're getting high draft capital next year and maybe a young receiver, I don't think it's anywhere near worth it. Uh, he can be a wide receiver one for your team and definitely could be a wide receiver two for your team. Uh, it's just, again, new quarterback, he's not – He's not there five hour early trying to work out with the quarterback because he didn't like how he played last year. Uh, <laughs> Robert Woods is okay. He's going to finish as probably he's going to finish as a top 15 receiver. It's just how it's going to work out. I, I, I think Cooper cup, maybe a top three receiver <laughs> this year, but I, I still think Woods has a great year. I do too. I'm a little more like he'll be top but, 24. Um, I, I 15 but, is a little rich for me. Well, I mean, the difference between 15 and 20 could be a touchdown, you know, like you're right for sure. Uh, but for me, again, it is dynasty stock report. So I will say hold for sure, because I'm not going to sell. If you can buy at a cheap price. Now we're talking like maybe man, we'll be a young, a young receiver that, uh, that's LaVisca, what I was trying to think. Would, of would you sell, man? This is the Lavisca episode. Would you would you sell Lavisca Chanel for Robert Woods right now? Yeah, I yeah, think I would. I would. I think and I having Lavisca in our dynasty roster, uh, where I definitely would do it. So, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's. I think I would. I mean, if you could send, would you send a first next year for Robert Woods right now? I'd love if it could be a second, uh, but if if I think that Robert Woods is putting me at the back of the first, sure, why not? Let's do it. But if a team's ready to sell in Robert Woods because of the age and of underperforming the first two weeks, you probably can get it for a second. So I, I think it's worth looking around for a buy, but I would have a, a kind of a, a limit on your price range. Just yeah. budget your compensation and then – as the the owner yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at too next guy on the list alan robinson same boat uh 28 years old he's he's a little higher up because of the uh arrival of justin fields now of course we know that justin fields has not really played yet he did get some action when andy dalton went out this week unprepared played scout team all week uh looked okay Uh, didn't look great but looked okay alan robinson though has 15 fantasy points through two weeks it has been rough uh his route tree is disgusting if you look at it it's all around five yards down the field because andy dalton's running the offense yeah i know right for me 
Allen Robinson is the the dynasty buy uh, at this point. Yeah, I think I you're. Would, I would send a first willingly for Allen Robinson right now. I think I would too. Um, but if you're an Allen Robinson owner, aren't you holding out the hope for Fields to play? You know what? I, you are, but, but... again, it's a lot of people that thought they were contenders. If they're zero and two, they're going to panic. So. It's worth the worth the worth a look. I mean, maybe you picked up Osborne. You send Osborne a second to that guy and see what happens. You know. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know those ages, they they like that. Now, some people will say Allen Robinson is on his decline. That might be true, but it's probably not. Uh, at, at only twenty eight, if if he catches that football from Justin Fields, it was in right in his freaking breadbasket and went right through his freaking arms. Uh, people are looking at Allen Robinson a little different this week too. So capitalize yeah. on it. Hope hope they didn't the, watch that game. The um, only yeah. thing I would say for Robinson is he is not on a long-term deal. So that does breed some concern uh, because while we are thinking of the next three-year window when you're trying to buy this kind of asset for sure, and you look at it with Justin Fields and returning Tevin Jenkins and David Montgomery and Mooney and Cole Komet, improving the offensive line hopefully more uh it, it looks good but <laughs> he could be elsewhere so yeah that's true that is very true all right next guy ezekiel elliott so we we talked about him a lot already but he had 16 fantasy points in week two he's the rb 25 through two weeks um dude, this is a hold for me are you along the same lines yeah, I would say hold for sure. With I think this is the same as the Robert Woods. I think it's hold with a slight uptick to buy, definitely not to sell. Um, yeah. If you again, if you can get a panic on a dynasty owner that's just seen that thinks Tony Pollard is by far and away the best running back there, uh, and he's going to get all the touches that the team has to see it. Come on. It, then buy it, you know, because it's not going to happen. Zeke's going to get the goal line touches. He's the more valuable back. If he's not the more efficient back, that's I, I don't care. You don't have to be the most most efficient back if you get ninety percent of the fucking touches. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, he's he's still good, guys. Like he lost weight. He looks good. Yeah. He, uh, he looks explosive. He has not he has not played bad in any shape or form. He has not looked bad running the ball. He has not missed the whole like, – he is playing well. <laughs> Just yeah. week one, he was tasked with being a pass blocker against a heavy pass rush and them missing Zach Martin and their tackle just being confirmed to play an hour before the game. You know, there's a lot of more factors than people are considering. This week, you were hoping for maybe a bit more of a game, but he had a good game. Fuck it. I'll, yeah, I'll take 16 fantasy points from Zeke. That's, I mean, yeah. that's when he was finishing in the top 10, that's pretty much what you got. It was just weekly. He got yeah, 16. 15, 16, 16, 15, 16, 30, 15, 16, 30, 30. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's exactly. going to get the multiple touchdown games and you're going to feel silly if you sell them. That's very true. Uh, I will say I would, I would like Randy said, gauge the, the Zeke owner or Zeke manager and see if, uh, see if they're willing to sell at this point. But you know, I, I on, honestly, too, would wait until closer to the end of the season. If you're not contending, this is a guy that I would use in, in trade. Offers, yeah. You know, like hold and until he blows up. 100%. And then, and then and when we get towards deadlines, we will have specific 
parts and segments of episodes, if not a whole episode, uh, for trading away and who you should who you should get rid of, who you should go buy at the deadline, what you should be trying to get, do we care about this draft, all that stuff. But we need to get closer to the to actual trade deadline and get more information. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, next guy. This pains me. Ronald Jones, uh, Dynasty Stock Report. What are you doing with Don- Ronald Jones? <laughs> Donald uh, Jones. You know what? I would trade him straight up for Michael Carter. Um, sorry, had to. I, I would. Uh, no, I I would buy him uh, because you could send a third and get him because uh, exactly. he sucks. On this team with this coach. With this coach, yes. I was waiting for it. I don't think he's a bad running back by any means, but I also don't think he's an elite running back. I think he could be an efficient and effective running back for a team. Uh, However, it doesn't seem to be this team, at least for now. And when you don't play him, he will get 120 yards. And then you play him next week, and Gio Bernard will have 150 yards with 17 catches. And then, you know, people will constantly say like, "Oh, I don't want to play a Patriots receiver. Oh, I don't want to play a 49ers or Patriots running back. Uh, I don't want to play a Bucks running back ever." No. You know, don't you, even they, if you played Leonard Fournette this week, he didn't have a good week necessarily. He played okay. No, I I'm not playing any Bucks running backs. I have Ronald Jones. If I have him at redraft, I'm probably dropping him because he gets the Rams and New England next. And so I think you might even hold for two more weeks. Um, it's it's a little risky, at, like hold off sending offers for him because if he puts up two more duds, like you can get him for a fifth. I, there are people that have told me, because I said, go get Ronald Jones right now, a couple uh, laughter for, after week one. And they said, I wouldn't even send a fourth. I said, well, that's then you won't get him. You won't get him because no one's no one's selling Rojo for less than a third. But uh, yeah, maybe, well, maybe a couple it's... more weeks. But here's the thing for me for for buying Rojo, I I don't think if you're a contending team you're going to be buying him. No. Uh, for me, I think if you're a selling team, you should be like say you have Robert Woods, and you you're you haven't won a game in six weeks. <laughs> And you're like, oh, I already had the first pick locked up. Let's get some more good picks. Maybe throw Robert Woods for their first Rojo. And, you know, like like try and get a couple pieces, have him be the throw-in, and he's probably going to be the reason you win the trade, I would say. Yeah. Ronald Jones will not be back with the Bucks next year, guys. And he's no. only 24. Uh, he has quite a few more good years of, of running back production, at least three. I think he probably gets a one to two year deal, probably just one because Bruce Arians is limiting his upside there. But yeah. And while it is a decent running back class this year, it's nothing compared to the last couple. It's nothing compared to 2023. So I don't see necessarily a, a not like, I think a lot of teams would be like, ah, I'll take Rojo over 3 million a year instead of taking this rookie. <laughs> If you could, uh, if you could sell Devin Singletary for Ronald Jones, who would you rather have? For this year, Singletary. Me too. For for the rest of this year, I think I. I used to say, "Oh yeah, Bruce will come to his senses." Bruce has never come. He to won't. Him. No, he's he's a dumbass. Um, Rojo is still the best pure runner on that team. I don't think that's debatable. Yeah, I think honest. it's true. I, th- 
I think their exact breakdown is Ronald Jones is the best pure runner on the team. Fournette is the best dual threat on the team. And obviously, Geo is the best uh, pass catching. And I think it'd be close between four. I think Geo is the best pass blocker, too. I agree. So I don't get know. why Fournette's out there. <laughs> yeah. And, and for Unless... me, like, I, I think Rojo should be out there because the weapons they have in the passing game, they don't fucking need him to be a pass catcher. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the problem is the pass blocking because they do use their running back to block more often than most teams. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Brady's immobile, which is perfectly fine because he's murdering people through the air, but exactly. Uh, but if they need the extra team. blocker. Well, and, and like Gronk's always in the field and he's always running routes, even if he is blocking start. So it, it makes sense to have a, a pass catching back that's more of a chip and catch than yeah. <laughs> disappear run. Yeah. All right, last guy, uh, because I've seen some some weird rhetoric on Twitter. Um, people are panicking on Kyle Pitts after two weeks. Uh, he's the tight end nine on the year thus far. So uh, what are you doing with, with Kyle Pitts right now, Randy? Are you buying, selling, or holding? I don't think you can buy him, can you? <laughs> you know, you would think not, but there are people that are like in full panic mode because he's not a top two tight end right now. And I think that's absurd. And I was one of the ones that was high on Kyle Pitts, and I even ranked him as my tight end five. And so he'll get there. Yeah, he'll I'm very high on Kyle Pitts. And on the season, I think I have him as tight end four. Going into before the draft, I had him as dynasty tight end seven. Because, you know, we have to fucking see what happens. You know, yeah. like, uh, it, and again, he, he could, he's getting targets. He's not getting performance. Next week, he could have two touchdowns and be the tight end five, and everyone feels stupid that they sell, sell him for nothing. Uh, if you can, if you can get, if you can trade like what? I, a first and. Would you sound like a first and a third for Kyle Pitts right now? A first and. But I assume the team would want a tight end for this year. I think that's why they drafted Pitts. So maybe like yeah. that's what I was trying to think of like a veteran. Obviously not Gronk, because why would you sell Gronk for? <laughs> no. Gronk is the tight end one, uh, if you guys yeah. didn't know, and by a lot. Um and that's with Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller in the league still. Uh so Gronk is crazy. The Bucks are. He's just crazy. got touchdowns. I mean, he's killing it. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna keep getting them too because the Bucks. Yes. Brady's gonna break every record for. Forty year old. I would buy Kyle Pitts. It's. I mean, I I didn't expect anything tremendous from him week one anyway. So or week two. I, I thought maybe a better week two possibility, but definitely I didn't think anything week one. Uh, yeah. And then you go into the fact that this team is clearly bad. <laughs> And he is clearly the second best option. So I, I don't see how he doesn't get continued work, gets more comfortable in the NFL game, and just continues to thrive. Yeah. I think after week eight, Kyle Pitts could be a top five tight end the rest of the way. It's going to take some time. I mean, we, we've we said if he's not running routes on every play, then they're not using him right. Well, they're not. They're, they're making him block, and um, it's – he's not blocking every down and Hayden Hurst is out there to help, but like uh, they're not just splitting him out wide like Waller. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you were selling him, what would you be looking for? Because maybe 
people just want confirmation. I would want probably a young tight end that I value and a first to kind of try and replenish me taking him in the first. Um, I wouldn't be selling him at all. I Um, I know. I know. I wouldn't either. But what... Hypothetically... Let's let's say you get Cole Komet in a a first and Rojo. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Because you probably need a third piece there. I'd consider it there, but I think if I'm selling Kyle Pitts, it's because I need production now. So then I would buy someone like Gronk, but a first on top of it. So like I'd be upgrading the position and getting a first. And yeah. so you, cause Kyle Pitts still ranked ahead of Gronk in dynasty. And if he's not like, I don't think we're ranking in dynasty correctly because Gronk yeah. is old and he has like one to two more years. Oh, the um, second, the second Brady's like, eh, you want to stop this? <laughs> yep. I already did yeah. it once. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm only here cause you begged asshole. <laughs> Or, like, I would do – I mean, there were straight-up trades. People would de- decline them, uh, Pitts for – like, Kelsey for Pitts. Like, people had Pitts and said, no, I don't want Kelsey. Uh, He's too old. Yeah, I think what you do now is you float. If you have Pitts, you float that out there. Like, can I get Kelsey? And if you're a contender, that's a smash yes, absolutely. I, Kyle Pitts is not Dynasty tight end one. I think we know that, at least. Yeah, I don't – the the fact that it was considered is I, I don't think not exactly. not by us uh, but yeah. I don't think it he, should have been considered uh, in the future it, he probably will be in the consideration every year but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was people's dynasty tight end one before he got drafted I mean that's ludicrous yeah, yeah that was a little wild um, all right yeah so that's that's kind of what I would want for Pitts but uh, that'll do it for this episode of the cut. That is your Dynasty Stock Report. Remember, waivers, uh, if you guys have questions about them, make sure you shoot them over to us at the Cut FFB. Uh, We will be happy to answer those tomorrow before your waivers run. You can also hit me up at C. Williams NFL or hit Randy up at R. Hall NFL, both on Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm on Twitter far too much, so you can ask me and I will answer uh, probably within like three minutes um, because I am – just addicted to that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, guys. So the coach approach this week has Damian Parson on, who is one of our favorite guests on this show. Yes. Uh, so it's going to be a fantastic show with with Brett and Coach Bruce. Uh, so make sure you guys tune into that Wednesday at 8 p.m. Uh, right here where you're watching right now or where you're listening. Then Thursday, the College Football Cut is bringing on Johnny uh, from All About the Birds. He's the co co-founder. Uh, so that's going to be a great episode as well. And then the Friday DFS show, uh, I, I won some money because of their advice. So uh, they're going to be going through the week three slate of the NFL uh, season. And so that is Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time as well. You can check all of those out on the podcast app of your choice the day after they air. So like this will be on the podcast app today it's after me oh no it's not it's not yet uh all right randy do you have anything to add before we bounce nope all right make sure you guys come back uh to the podcast app for our starts and sits uh and thursday night football preview and and maybe a little bit more this week uh depends on how long i rant on about my starts and sits but uh 
Until then, for Randy Hall, I am Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys later. Peace. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports and esports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive's game concept revolves around player props, which are simple over-unders on player stats. There are contests for traditional sports including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and Cricket, as well as esports titles including CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, and more coming soon. Here's how to play. Choose your lineup of over-unders for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Each prop has a fantasy point total based on how likely it is to hit. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in cash, so come and prop up today. Use promo code THECUT to get matching deposits up to $50 with a minimum deposit of $20. Thank you to Thrive Fantasy.